BAM Radio Network. Why not every child in the U.S.? Why not every child in Canada? Why not every child in the U.K. have an opportunity to make sure that they have books in the home as a preschool child and then even beyond how we take this into a more global effort? Hello. Welcome to Reading Radio. I'm William Harvey. I'd like to welcome David Dotson, the executive director of the Dollywood Foundation. And David, this is a description that might not be entirely accurate, but I would say the second most popular person in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. I think that's uh, probably accurate, maybe a little farther down the list because Dolly has a very large family. And speaking of her, can you uh, explain for us, please, uh, how Dolly Parton came to establish the Imagination Library Project and how the program works? Dolly recognized, you know, long ago the limits that were placed on her her dad because he could not read or write, and that's a you know sort of a fact of her growing up that always she held close to her heart, and she always wanted to try to do something about that. And so uh, back in the '90s, when it was sort of clear that there were many children in our hometown in Sevier County that were growing up and going to school without any exposure to books. She felt like she really wanted to do something about that to honor her father. And so uh, what it came up with was really uh, every child in the county would be mailed a brand new book every month from zero until their fifth birthday. And as a gift, and uh, they open in the mail to have their name on the book. And that's really the, the very first Imagination Library books were mailed and distributed that way. And here we are many years later, and actually the same model is used today. Wow, that's great. So we have a project that starts out in Sevier County, Tennessee, serving that population. And now the Imagination Library reaches more than 1,200 communities throughout the United States, as well as Canada and the United Kingdom. Why is this program so popular, and how do communities become involved? Well, I think probably its popularity more than anything else is the fact that it's a joyful program. They see the joy and experience the joy of the child's excitement about receiving the book and really the family's excitement about receiving the book. I think probably on a more practical matter, people owe its popularity to the fact that it's the quality of the books, the unit cost is so low, the efficiency of the program, the ease at which it can be replicated, all these practical considerations help make something that people really would like to do very doable. Well, I think it's fascinating that by the time a child who participates in the program reaches the age of five, he or she has a library of 60 books, including a number of award-winning titles. And you talked about quality. Can you briefly describe for us how the books are chosen and how the list is balanced? Sure. We have a group of people that we have sort of convened over the years who are a selection committee. And in the beginning, when the numbers weren't as large, because, you know, in the beginning, we were mailing to 2,000 children a month, and now we mail to 600,000 children a month. In the beginning, we really had to work hard with the publisher to bring books into the price points that we were demanding. So really, the selection committee's task at that time was, you know, how do you assemble the best collection each year and by adding 10, 15 new titles. They all come from a variety of disciplines and perspectives, and they all uh, are looking at, you know, the variety of developmental considerations for the right book for the right child. But really, you know, to tell you the truth, today with more of the challenge being selection with abundant choices, it's even much more difficult today because where before you would say, well, we've got, uh, you know, to choose between 
one of these two books for this age group in this month, um, you know, that was difficult. But to say now we've got 10 for that same choice, the committee, you know, really works long and hard and very much they uh, take this uh, very committed task that they do and they read every single book they choose to each other. So it, it takes days. Well, you have a keynote book for the program, The Little Engine That Could, I think that's known to people all over the world. Uh, but could you explain to us why that book is particularly important to Dolly and why it is symbolic of what the Imagination Library is trying to accomplish? When Dolly grew up, she grew up as one of 12 children, um, very, very difficult economic circumstances, and they simply didn't have any books in the home except for one, and that was the Bible, and that's really where she experienced being read to and that joy for the first time. But early on, she says often that she never remembers learning how to read. She just remembers always being able to read. And when she was quite a young child, the first book outside the Bible that really she you know, remembers so clearly and the impact it made on her was The Little Engine That Could. So, you know, it was a very easy choice when she was talking about, well, what would be our iconic first book that every child receives? You know, the little engine, that took all about five seconds for that decision to be made. And it's perfect because it's her favorite book, still is to this day, and it's a perfect metaphor for the Imagination Library because, you know, I think I can is just another way for us to say to every child, uh, we think all your dreams can come true and our job is to help make that happen for you. That's great. Uh, and the Imagination Library reached a pretty important milestone in June when it gave away its 20, how do you say that, 25th million book? I'm glad that you actually have it a bit difficult because it took us about six months to kind of figure that out. Tell us about the significance of that figure and what it means both to the Dollywood Foundation and to Dolly. Well, it means a great deal. I mean, it's, you know, it's amazing, it's gratifying, it's humbling. We never, ever thought in the beginning that anybody would do the Imagination Library except for Sevier County. I mean, it was created only as a homegrown, hometown program to help our children. So it's kind of funny. It's sort of like when you're walking, you can't really see around the corner till you get to the corner. And we keep uh, we kept on and early on getting to corners and saying, well, geez, you know, ten communities did this, and now we've given away two hundred thousand books. And then I remember when we gave away the millionth book, and you know, each time it seemed like, well, I guess this will be, you know, the zenith of the effort. And here we are, just a few years later, at twenty-five million. And I have to say that we don't ever feel anymore that we've reached our ceiling for this program. It's only broadened the dream, broadened the vision. And I think uh, Dolly and myself and everybody else who works so hard on this now can easily say, why not every child in the U.S.? Why not every child in Canada? Why not every child in the U.K. have an opportunity to make sure that they have books in the home as a preschool child and then even beyond how we take this into a more global effort? Well, you must have some incredible observations that you've accumulated over the years. Do you have any stories or anecdotes that uh, illustrate the effect that the program has had on the children who participate? Well, we do. And thankfully, um, you know, in this day and age with the interactivity with email and letters and, you know, then the traditional phone calls and such, many of them center on a couple of moments, really. One is obviously the child discovering the book in the mailbox, you know, no matter how young or how close to five that they may be, the thrill of receiving mail, which is still even this day and age, a very 
powerful moment for a child, very pleasing, very joyful, and that their name on it, and it's this brand new book that they open up, the little packaging to receive. It, uh, that's the story that we communicated to us all the time, just how much the child loves that moment. And then in turn, especially when you look at three and four-year-olds, probably the second common story related to that is how the child, him or herself, then becomes the advocate of reading in the family. Because after this book arrives, uh, that great phrase that we hear over and over again, read it to me, and read it to me again, and read it to me again. So we really felt like what we would hope to accomplish was to create moments and opportunities for the joy and and power of reading and books to happen. And having said all that, I would be uh, remiss to just tell you a real quick story that just uh, came to our way just the other day, and it was from Hawaii. And and it represents another kind of unintended consequence to all of this. It was a young man who worked for the local sponsor who was out about in the rural part of Hawaii signing up families and children. And he told the story of of a man who was a grandfather who wanted to sign up his granddaughter. And he said in the process of verifying the address and trying to fill out the hard copy registration form, it was clear to him the grandfather could not read or write. But he was able to figure it out and sign the form and Thomas was able to enter him into the database. So about six months later, he said he was at an event that was about celebrating the kids in the library and signing up children. And there in the corner was the grandfather with the granddaughter, and she was sitting in his lap, you know, showing him books and all that. And he waved and smiled. And he said, at that time, the mom came up to him and said, I just want you to know what's happened here about this. And he said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I've always tried to, you know, read to my daughter. She loved the Imagination Library. We'd read over and over and over again. And then the last six months, she's sort of mimicked what our reading with him by showing him the book, asking him to repeat the words, asking him to point at the pictures, and in essence, start to teach her grandfather how to read. Uh, please do tell us how interested people can learn more about the Imagination Library. Well, obviously, the best way to go is to uh, imaginationlibrary.com. There is really the description of the program. You can see all where it's operating. It's the contact information if you'd like to call one of us to uh, see how your community could also participate in bringing this gift and this love of, of books, this love of learning to your preschool children. David, thanks so much for informing us about the Imagination Library, a project of Dolly Parton's Dollywood Foundation. You've been listening to Reading Radio. I'm William Harvey. Thanks for joining us. This program is produced by Jack Street Media as part of the Affiliate Nanocasting Network. Thanks for listening.